continuing with the, uh, our, our uh, My Church uh, uh, sessions, and, and we celebrated five years as a fellowship uh, the second week of October, and what a wonderful celebration that was, and, and the fact that the Lord still has us trucking is, is just evidence of his goodness, his faithfulness, his grace. And so the Lord wanted us to take the next few weeks and just really kind of talk about our church, kind of do a reset. You know, if you listen to the radio station very much, you'll hear them reset every, every hour, you know, especially it could be in the middle of a football game and all of a sudden you'll hear, you're listening to WVAP or you know, whatever, whatever station it is. And, and it's called a reset. It just kind of re-identifies. Just in case you forgot, this is what we're about. And so uh, we've talked about our, our mission statement. We've talked about uh, the strategy that we, you know, our mission statement is to, to know him and make him known. We talked about our strategy uh, of how we go about doing that, and that's gather, grow, go. We've talked about our statement of faith, because we're coming from all kind of different denominational backgrounds in here, and we've all grown up with some wonderful truth, and we've grown up learning some things that we need to unlearn, don't we, <laughs> when it comes to our, our faith walk. And so, so we've talked about our statement of faith that, hey, as a fellowship, this, these are the, the biblical truths we stand on. And beyond that, we can agree to disagree or keep growing and learning and exploring. Uh, we, we've talked about the vision for 2023, not just uh, what God is doing here uh, amongst us. He said, 2022, he said, I'm, I'm growing a church. And what he meant by that was, we are the church. We, we need to grow uh, as a, uh, a believer and, and grow in faith. 2023, he said, I'm perfecting my church. So he's going to perfect our faith. Uh, which is exciting. Also, it, it can be uh, intimidating because the way faith is perfected sometimes is through trials and <laughs> tribulations and, in other words, opportunities to use faith. If everything was hunky-dory in your life, you wouldn't need faith. But, but it's usually when, when the odds are stacked against us that we have to say, you know, Lord, I trust you more than what I see I trust your word. Your word is more solid and eternal than anything I can experience, anything I can see, anything I can hear. And that, that is faith. And, and so we're going to grow in that. And, uh, and, and through the, the growth of faith, the Bible says that we are perfected. And uh, that means lacking nothing. Man, to be able to live in a, a state of mind and state of spirit that we realize we don't lack anything. Everything we need He's provided for us. Isn't that awesome? That's, prosper that's, that's the prosperity gospel right there. It's not about, you know, how much you got in the bank account. It's the fact that heaven's account has, you have everything you need. Say, well, I got a crazy need on the horizon. Well, when you get there, guess what? He's got provision for it. You know, that's, you know, you're not millionaires, you're gazillionaires, as I said, right? If, if you have faith, if you just totally trust them. So, uh, last week we talked about the gift of giving, that that the ministry of giving, that uh, the the ability to give is actually a ministry of the church. Paul calls it the ministry of giving. Uh, when he was talking to uh, the the church in Corinth for the, his second letter, he said, "Look, I, you you guys have uh, you guys are mature in a lot of areas. You got a lot of gifts, man. You got faith. You 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 guys can speak. They knew how to preach. Said you're really knowledgeable." And said that, man, you, you excel in love. 
He said, but I want you to excel in this ministry as well, and that's the ministry of, of giving. And there's all, you can give in all kinds of ways, not just monetarily. You can give love, you can give time, you can give faith, you can give grace. Uh, it's, it's whatever, and the Bible says, whatsoever a man sows, or whatever he gives, that and that alone shall he reap. So whatever it is that you are giving, you're, you're going to get to reap uh, a good harvest in that. So uh, now I separated the topic of tithes because tithes is actually not so much about giving. Tithe is actually about returning. You, you don't pay a tithe, you return a tithe because we're going to find out a tithe actually already belongs to the Lord. Now, let me give you uh, a few disclaimers first. <laughs> and by disclaimers, uh, is to help some folks relax. Like I said, sometimes you start talking about money in church, man, people get freaked out a little bit, which consequently is one thing that we don't really do around here a whole lot. We don't discuss money because what the Lord wants is your heart and he wants your faith. He wants your trust. And if he has your heart and your faith, well, he's got everything about you, whether it's your family, your house, your money, it, it all belongs to him. Right? Uh, so there's great debate amongst theologians who are far smarter than me about is tithing applicable to the New Testament church or is it something just for the Old Testament that was part of the law of Moses? And, and you got people on both sides of the argument, intelligent people, uh, much more articulate people than me. I'm, so I'm going to say this. If, if you are not a tither, does the Lord dislike you? No. Does it mean you're getting kicked out of the kingdom? Absolutely not. Does it mean you are a lesser Christian? No. Right? Uh, do I think you need to tithe to be a Christian? No. Uh, but at the same time, if those of you who are parents, you can tell your kids, if you keep your room clean all week long, man, I got a treat for you on Saturday. Now, if they keep the room clean all week long, you, you give them that blessing, don't you? If they junk up their room sometime during the week, you don't kick them out of the house. They're still your kid. You still love them. They just don't have access to the blessing that you had waiting on them on Saturday, right? So that's what I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to teach you, the concept of tithing, uh, uh, and now whether you choose to walk in that revelation uh, and walk in that area of faith, hey, that, that's up to you. There's incredible blessings that take place with the concept of tithing, okay? Uh, so, so I want to encourage some of you, perhaps for some of you, it's a, it's a step of faith because that's really all it's about. Everything that the Lord asks us to do has to do with faith and trust. If you'll trust me with this, if, you trust, if you'll trust me with your life and make me your Lord, I have a great reward for you, correct? Same thing with finances. If you'll trust me with your finances, I can take care of you. I know how to do it. That's what the Lord's saying. If you'll trust me with your marriage, whoo, I can bless your marriage. So it's all about faith and trust op, uh, uh, optimally, right? So let's, let, me, let me give you a little background on the concept of tithing. And then we're going to talk about the benefits of tithing really quick. And, and uh, so on, on Sundays like today, it is apropos uh, that, that Pastor Kate gets up and gives you a little bit of the business of what goes, goes on behind the scene. 
Everyone loves church. Man, we love coming to church. And that's the ministry side of it. There is a business side of it. It does take money and funds to keep facilitating the work of God. And uh, so we just, every, every once in a blue moon, we get real and just kind of show you. Uh, it's what Bob calls the sausage making. Yeah, no, everyone loves eating sausage, right? You don't want to see how it's made behind the scenes, right? That kind of gets a little grueling and grinding, right? Uh, so let's get into the Word of God. Everyone still with me? All right, here we go. Here's a wonderful concept that Solomon teaches us. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Now, if you do that, watch what it says. He says, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. If you were here last week, you remember in the ministry of giving, we talked about, it wasn't even about the amount. You know, Paul told the people of Corinth, he said, everyone should pray about what he should give. And, and whatever feels right in his heart, let him give that. But give with the right mindset, he said, because God loves a cheerful giver. Uh, you don't want to give with a bad attitude. That's what, what God is after is your heart and your mindset. He's not, ultimately, he's not after your money, right? So, so notice it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part. In other words, if you do that, it's an act of love. It's an act of joy and faith. Lord, you, you got the best part of me. Whatever it is you want, you can have. Anything about me, because it all belongs to you anyway. So that's really what tithing is about. It's not about just you know, being dogmatic about a, an amount. Really what the Lord wants is your heart and the right spirit about it, okay? So now, let's go back to one of the earliest concepts of, of tithing, if you will. And, and we can find that in Genesis chapter 4 talking about uh, Cain and Abel. Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, now notice, we don't know the amounts that they brought to the Lord, right? That's not even what, what we're dealing with here. It says, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of the crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock, the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. But if you notice, look at the spirit and mindset in which they, Cain presented some of his crops. We don't know how much. It could have been three ear of corn and two squash for all we know. But Abel, now we don't know how many pieces of lamb he brought, but he brought the best cuts. You know what? Let's set this aside for the Lord and we'll just eat some of the lesser meat over here for the week, is what the mindset was. Hey, I just want to honor God with the best of what I had. And that's what the Lord accepted. It wasn't about the amounts. It wasn't about how they gave. It was about the spirit and attitude in which they gave, right? Genesis 14, let's hop up in time a little, little bit. Melchizedek, who was the king of Salem, blessed Abram with this blessing. Now, this blessing is really interesting because a bunch of the other kings that had enlisted Abram and helping them fight this battle, they wanted to pay Abram for his services and, and the use of all of his servants. And they went out and, because Abram pretty much had a, a small army himself. 
So they wanted to hire him as a mercenary. And he said, no, 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 you're not going to make me rich. If I'm going to be blessed, it's going to be from the Lord. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, understood that. He said, blessed be Abram by God most high. I'm not going to bless you, but God's going to bless you. Creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high who has defeated your enemies for you. Now notice, then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth or a tithe of all the goods he had received. Now this is really interesting because Abram, who eventually becomes Abraham, right, is our father in faith. The book of Hebrew, uh, book of Romans and the book of Hebrews explains how he is our father in faith because we are grafted into the line of Abraham, into the covenant of Abraham through Christ Jesus. But he teaches us how to have faith. Why? Because the Bible says when nothing made sense about God's promises, God said, even though you're almost 100 years old, you're going to have a kid. He said, that doesn't even make sense. But he still chose to trust God over what circumstances he saw in front of him. And because of that, he teaches us how to have faith. That true faith is, no matter what you're going through, what your circumstances, God's word and God's promise is more pre preeminent than what you see. You can trust God more than what you can see, is what the, the gist of it is. So our father in faith, who we are to pattern ourselves after when it comes to faith, gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods. Melchizedek was the king of, of Salem, right? The king of Salem. Now, what's interesting about Melchizedek is, I believe in Hebrews chapter 7, uh, the Bible actually links Christ to Melchizedek because he said that he is our priest forever, our high priest forever. Now, how can he be a high priest? Because he was not a Levite. He didn't come from the Levitical line, which stemmed from Aaron's blood, right? So Paul explains, no, he is a high priest forever out of the lineage of Melchizedek, who was the king of Salem. So if Christ would be, say, a son of Melchizedek, per se, or out of the line or lineage, his anointing out of the line and lineage of Melchizedek, he would be a prince, would he not? Melchizedek is a king, Christ would be a prince, prince of Salem. Or in Hebrew, you would say prince of Shalom or king of Shalom. Shalom means peace. So our father in faith paid a tithe to the king of peace as an example of how we too can tithe to the prince of peace. Amen. Anyone following? Connect. Connect the dots, connect the dots. So Leviticus 27.30, here's, this is the Mosaic law, and this is where the concept is that we kind of pull and, and apply to New Testament church. Again, this is, uh, I would say this, is, is it a requirement for the New Testament church? Uh, one could argue either way. Uh, no, it was a requirement for the Hebrews. Uh, now, keep in mind, the New Testament church does have financial needs. <laughs> so however the Lord moves on you, but I'm, we're, we're going to get to the blessing of tithing. If, if you'll walk in faith with a tithe, there's something incredible that takes place. So this was what the, the Lord commanded of uh, the Jews under Moses. One, one tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, 
belongs to the Lord. So the first tenth of, of the crops already belongs to God and must be set apart to him as holy. And count off every tenth, of, tenth animal from your herds and flocks and set them apart for the Lord. In other words, they belong to the Lord already. So, so this concept is, hey, God's going to give you 100%, but 10% already belongs to him. So set it aside. Now, it's a really cool concept uh, if you want to interpret it into modern times, because this would be re representative of their wealth back then, crops and herds. In modern times, our wealth, our crops and herds, usually gets deposited into bank accounts, right? Uh, or, or perhaps in retirement funds or investments or whatnot. Uh, so, so what he's saying is so as if the Lord is saying, hey, Kate, I'm going to give you $100, but at the end of the week, $10, $10 of it, look at it. She's like, it's my birthday. You better, you better. <laughs> she said, but at the end of the week, don't, look, 90 of it is yours, but 10, 10 of it is mine. So all I'm asking is, you know, hey, just get me back that 10. And if you'll get me back the 10, I'll act like you gave me the whole 100 back. That's how I'm going to treat you and bless you. I'll make that 90 expand far more than that 10 if you'll trust me enough to return the 10. You know, some folks say, I already paid my tithes. We don't know you don't pay them. You return the tithe because it already belongs to him. Actually, all of it belongs to him. The 100 belongs to him. But he, he lets you have the 90. And if you're wise with it, man, he'll expand it, okay? All right. So here we go. I'm going to hop over to Malachi real quick. This is the principle. And I want to say this. Uh, we're not legalistic about this. We're not dogmatic about this. But I am going to tell you from my own experience. Early on in my young adult life, I was not a tither. And man, I struggled constantly. And it wasn't like I was trying to be bad with money. But I, I just, I couldn't make ends meet. Man, I had a, I, I couldn't make, hardly make my car payment. I'd be late on my car payment a lot. And it wasn't even a good car, and I'm trying to pay for it, right? I, I lived in a dumpy old apartment, man, on the east side of Dallas. And I, I couldn't, man, it was hard to, you know, I'd have to go in and talk to the landlord sometimes. And say, hey, just, can I have a few more days? And I'm paying late fees. All that couldn't make my rent. And, and I just, it seemed like things were constantly nickel and diming me. And I was 28 years old, 28 years old, and I was reading through this passage. And this is the first, this is the one promise that God himself makes. In the whole Bible, he says, try me. Give me a try and see if I won't do what I'm telling you I'm going to do. And so by faith, I said, you know what, Lord? You can't lie to me. And I know you won't lie to me. So I'm going to try you on this. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet, but fine, I'm going to tithe. And if I sink, then I've proven you wrong. That'd be a first. <laughs> At 28 years old, I became a tither. I have never missed a payment on anything since. I'm 50 years old. So almost for almost half of my life, literally, I have practiced this by faith. Not legalistic. It's not because I think God's going to strike me dead or that he ain't going to love me anymore. But it's something that by faith, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm going to do this for you and trust you with it. And he has blessed me. He continues to bless me. Now, you know, 
Am I a multimillionaire? Well, no, absolutely not. But I am a gazillionaire in the Lord <laughs> because anything I've ever needed, man, it shows up just on time. There's been months in my life that I was like, whoo, I don't know, it's going to be slim. You know, I'm not saying I hadn't had weeks that I hadn't had to just, you know, batten down the hatches and eat bologna or whatever, right, in my lifetime and make some decisions and cut back here and there and, and work hard to live below my means. But man, so from the time I was 28 and from the time I first actually practiced this, he's taking care of me. The promises we're about to talk about real quick has come true. And if he'll do it for me, I promise he'll do it. He'll do it for anyone who implements this. Amen. So this is God talking through Malachi, the prophet Malachi. What was happening is Israel, what we just read in Leviticus, Israel stopped practicing. They were supposed to pay a tithe to the local priesthood within their region. Then that priesthood would pay a tithe to the main temple in Jerusalem. Well, the folks stopped paying tithes of crops and animals to these guys, the, the local priests, well, they couldn't eat and support their family, and so they couldn't tithe. So you go into the, the grand temple there in Jerusalem, and they didn't have anything. You know, those guys weren't eating and able to do their job either, right? So that was the concept. And so this is what God tells them. God asks them, should my people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When do we ever cheat you? You remember the, 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 the Bible said that the tithe already belonged to the Lord. And so ultimately, when it comes to tithing, you can do one of two things. You can return it or you can steal it. You can cheat it is what, what, what he's saying here. When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. And he says, you're under a curse. For your whole nation has been cheating me. Say, oh, if I don't tithe, God's going to curse me? No. Adam did that for you. When Adam sinned, a curse came upon this realm. And so everything you do, what's the way out of the curse? Faith. Say, if you want, if you want the curse removed off of your soul, you have to have faith in Christ. If you, want, if you want the curse off of your relationships and your business, you have to have faith in his word. If you want the curse removed off your finances, you have to have faith in him when it comes to your finances, right? So in other words, if you want the curse removed, any part of your life is through faith in him. And so that's what he had asked them. Hey, give me, if you'll trust me, if you'll have faith in me. So now he's telling them, oh, you're back under the curse. You're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Now listen what he says. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord. This is God talking. If you'll do this, says the Lord of heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Notice, so one promise, he says, try it. Put me to the test. So he's saying, I double dog dare you to do this. Just give me a try, right? And then he says, your crops will be so abundant 
for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they have they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So these are the three things that he promises through tithing. I call them the tithers bill of rights. Provision. He's going to give you provision. He says, I'll open the windows of heaven. I'm going to give you a blessing you can't contain. Protection. In other words, your wealth, you, you ever you ever gone through life where it just seems like you're getting nickeled and dime and this comes up, that comes up, everything comes up and you're like, everything, every time I think I'm getting ahead, this, he said, I'm going to protect you from that. I'll make sure that all the insects of the world isn't going to get at your wealth. And finally, promotion. It says, man, the nations are going to call you blessed. He's going to promote, people are going to look at you and say, man, <laughs> I had no clue. This God of yours, what are you doing? So, oh man, I'm just giving them back what belongs to him. Right? Now I'll say, well, that's an all Old Testament concept. Well, there's a whole lot of Old Testament concepts that we apply to our life, right? Because it's, it's types and shadows of living in the kingdom now. Now, understand this. Understand this. When I say you tithe, I'm not telling you, you're not tithing to me, right? It belongs to God. It's not mine. Say, so, oh, the preacher's asking for money. No, I, I'm, I am blessed. You guys help give me a salary. Thank you so much. I am honored to be able to shepherd you. That salary stays the same. Man, you could tithe $8 million today. <laughs> My salary stays the same. It's all good. So you're not, you're not tithing to me. It belongs to him. You're not even tithing to gathering church. I get in trouble from preachers. The pastor of the church is like, don't preach that. Because, you know, churches are trying to make ends meet. But this is what I, you're, you, you tithe to the Lord in his kingdom. His kingdom is bigger than gathering church. Right? I'm not trying to get your money. I want you to tithe into the kingdom of God so that you can experience provision, protection, promotion. It's, it's his tithe, which means he has every right to tell you where to sow it. Right? I, I encourage you to sow some into this fellowship. We're doing some wonderful things. We want to keep being able to do wonderful things and keep doing outreach, you know? And we do a ton of outreach, but it does take finances. Praise God, we have low overhead so that we can do a lot of outreach, which is really what I'd prefer to do. Uh, but there are also incredible ministries all over that are doing the work of God. The tithe belongs to him. He's the one that's provided for you. Pray and ask him, how do you want me to sow this tithe into your kingdom? And be obedient to that. We have a couple of families in this church who are faithful to tithe to the kingdom. And they've told me, they said, Pastor, we hope it's okay. We don't want you to get upset. We actually tithe to a particular Christian organization. It's not a church but we, we actually get a gift match from our job that's pretty hearty if we tithe to a charitable organization. It just can't be a church. And so we give to this Christian organization. We prayed about it. We thinking we can get more bang for the buck for the ministry if we do that. 
And my response is, praise God. If that's what God has told you to do, you, you got to be obedient to God. Don't you worry about me, <laughs> you know. Now, these people are also wonderful givers to this church, and I praise God for that. You know, ask the Lord, how does he want you to tithe? Uh, my wife and I, from our weekly checks or biweekly checks, whatever, we, the Lord has moved on us. We tithe back into this ministry, right? Now, when other avenues of blessing and income come in, we've prayed about it, and we use that tithe to bless other ministries. That's just how the Lord has told us for our household because it's all part of the kingdom of God. Amen? Kingdom of God is not gathering church. We get, we're a part of it. And man, I praise God for that. But I, I, want, I want to encourage you in your faith walk. If you're at a place in your faith and you say, hey, look, I, man, I'm not ready to let go of 10% of my income to, to the Lord. Well, okay, well, that's where you're at in your faith. Move where you're at in your faith. I don't care if you say, I, I have faith for 2%. Start walking in faith. That's what he said. Try me. Try me. I have faith for 1%. Well, try him. And as you see God blessing you in your life, grow in faith. Faith is like a muscle. You got, you got to use it to grow it, right? So, so I'm not, please don't understand. I'm not condemning. I'm not being legalistic. I just, I want everyone I, I told you last week, my prayer for every member of this church and anyone visiting is that 2023 will be the most productive and financially blessed year for you because I want your families to be blessed and I want you to get so blessed that your barns are overflowing that you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God like you've never been. And I'm not just talking about gathering church. I'm talking about wherever God tells you to sow it. It could be the waitress that blesses you and your family and God says, you know what? I want you to get crazy and give that waitress a $250 tip. What are you doing? You're sowing into the kingdom of God. You don't think that's not going to impact that wait staff? That's part of the kingdom of God. Well, you can't do that if you ain't got no seed, <laughs> you know? How do you expand your seed? Practice tithing. Returning the tithe. Amen. Woo! Now that's some good preaching. I don't care about y'all. That's good preaching. <laughs> At least it's good preaching for me. So with that, with that, uh, I do, and, and it's not, please understand, I didn't say, y'all need to start tithing, and then all of a sudden I'm going to get Kate up here to talk about money. Uh, but, but usually once a year we do kind of conduct a little bit of a business meeting. If you're a guest here today, uh, relax. You get to hear some of our business. <laughs> uh, but, but many of you are wonderful givers, and we, we do want you to be aware of some of the incredible things that are taking place. And here in the coming weeks, you'll actually get to see what your giving and your tithing goes to. Amen. So we're, we're going to ask before, we're, we're going to do one more song, worship together as a family. If you need prayer for anything, matter of fact, if you say, Dave, I want you to pray for my faith, uh, and, and, and man, I'd like to start walking in this faith walk for this. And then come, man, I'd love to pray for you. But first, we're going to ask Pastor Kate to come up and make you, make you aware at just uh, where we're at on things. Amen.